Welcome to Ageless by Rescue. This podcast is devoted to exploring the science of rejuvenation, uncovering the most trusted experts, the must-have products, innovations, and technology in the field of vitality, aesthetics, new beauty, and cosmetic enhancement. How do we navigate skincare ingredients, endless product offerings, and the conflicting advice we read, watch, and hear about? Do we really need five serums and a 10-step skincare routine? How do you choose a skincare regime that will be effective, affordable, and safe for your concerns? These are the questions that I am asked nearly every day, and I agree, it is a lot to navigate. I was thrilled to connect with Pauline Valley, a skincare expert and entrepreneur who has made it her mission to simplify and educate consumers on what works, how to use it, and what to look for when you are buying a skincare regime specific to your needs. In 2009, Pauline introduced a new cosmeceutical range, Ultraderm, to the Australian market. With decades of experience in both medical and beauty industries, and armed with the knowledge that cosmeceuticals are able to penetrate the epidermis, she created Ultraderm to showcase her most loved medical-grade bioactive ingredients in both cosmetic and therapeutic products. I invited Pauline to join me on the show to help us build the perfect skincare wardrobe based on science, medical-grade ingredients, and to provide an expert guide on how to safely and effectively use these products. We discussed the correct layering process of serums, breakdown of new and non-negotiable products, review best treatments and at-home protocols, plus we hone in on the key ingredients to address pigmentation, sensitivity and skin firmness. This conversation will help you confidently understand how ingredients interact with each other and how they work to improve and treat skin conditions and concerns. Truly committed to only using proven ingredients that are beneficial in making a positive improvement to the skin, including medical grade ingredients to give proven results for targeted skin problems, Pauline regularly evaluates all formulations and introduces new results-driven ingredients as they come to market. She really is a great guest on the show, and this Meet the Makers episode is in partnership with Ultraderm. Pauline, I'm so thrilled to have you on the show. One of the most requested pieces of information that I have, I would get this question daily, is what to buy, um, how to know what ingredients are right for me, and how to use products. And this seems to be so confounding for most people because there is such a plethora of information out there and you don't know whether to take advice from your friend Uh, take advice from TikTok, uh, something that you've read or listened to. Can you share with us, you know, a cheats way of making sure that you're getting the right advice for skincare? And I'm going to get you to do some deep diving in this this territory. But what would you recommend first off? It it is very overwhelming out there trying to decide what is going to work best for your skin. You know, there's a, there's so many products and there's a lot of money involved here. And so my advice has always been and always will be go and get a professional consultation done on your skin and see that you get the right regime that's going to work for you. No two skins are the same. Uh, what may work for your friend or your sister or your brother may not necessarily work for you. So it's not a one size fits all. You really do need to go and have a 
consultation and they'll set you on the right road to working with the right ingredients that's going to deliver the results that you're looking for. I can't stress that enough. I think it's so interesting that you say that because, you know, when I was growing up, um, your mum would take you to uh, a salon for your first, you know, treatment or to get your range put together. There wasn't, you know, social media. There wasn't this kind of vox pop of what's good for you. And so most of us had our experience of being taken either to a cosmetic counter where we had a consultation or to the uh, facialist that our mum or big sister saw. And then they took the time to examine our skin, to to give us a regime that we would stick to, and, and that was it. But now, with the proliferation of really high-tech ingredients, that must be even more important. And, you know, um, that's, I mean, that's the space that you play in. You, you are a cosmeceutical skincare formulator. I'm wondering if you can share with us, what is the difference between cosmeceutical and over-the-counter skincare? Cosmeceuticals, uh, they're cosmetic, they're therapeutic type cosmetic, med, um, cosmetic medical or drug-like effects. So it's more than just what you're going to buy over the counter. Over the counter, you're going to get a product that suits everybody, whereas ours is more targeted towards skin conditions and types. And so fewer ingredients, lower concentrations, higher percentages, and so that's the difference between just going and buying straight one that it's a little bit of a one might suit all skins when you do buy over the counter. So what is a cosmeceutical then? If you could just break that down for me again, you said that they are therapeutic in nature. They behave sometimes like a, a drug would. Um, I mean, that, they, that sounds on one part really exciting because it sounds like it's going to be more efficacious but I guess for other people they might think my gosh this might be too much for my skin can you explain why we would seek out cosmeceutical skincare because for me and I will share this openly with anyone who cares to listen my skin changed when I switched to cosmeceutical grade skincare I love skincare like most women in Australia uh, you know, I'm tantalized by the latest launches, uh, what celebrities using what, but to get the real results, the, the results that were so dramatic that I had the best skin of my life in my 40s, as opposed to my 20s or 30s, the difference that made the difference was switching to cosmeceutical. And it's really hard to look back because nothing works like cosmeceutical works. No, absolutely right about that. Look, they're unlike regular skincare cos um, cosmetics. As I said earlier, we work with fewer ingredients, higher percentage and active ingredients that are going to work. We also work with a delivery system. And what I mean by a delivery system is that we use ingredients that's going to take it down to the dermal layer, which is where I, I kind of call the dermal layer the engine room. So we've got to get down there and get that engine room working so nicely. And then what we apply on the top of our skin is our moisturizers to give us that nice look. It, you know, just to lighten it, it's like a car, a really good car. You've got to man maintain your engine. Your car's going to run forever. But on the outside, you've got to maintain the washing and keeping it nice and polished and clean. And that's what a cosmeceutical will do. We'll get down there with the delivery system that we work with into that, um, down into the um, dermal layer where it all takes place. So as I said, I can't uh, express enough, but it is lower, less ingredients for a start. If you look on the back, 
of a lot of other product ranges that are over-the-counter ranges, you'll see how many ingredients are used. A lot of fillers, a lot of silicon. We avoid all of that. We just want to target the concern. So when you're talking about targeting the concern, that takes me to my next question is that, uh, and, and actually something that you touched on, which was surprising to me when I was uh, researching what you were doing. And, and just to go back to my introduction, you created your own skincare brand uh, called Ultraderm, and it is a cosmeceutical brand. And what you were saying before is that you use fewer ingredients. And I think that that's really interesting. So fewer ingredients, but with higher concentrations. And, and, nice. and that seems to be the exact opposite of what, I guess, over-the-counter skincare does, where they, you know, are rattling off 100 different ingredients. And you're saying that to make a really potent product, you actually need to focus on fewer ingredients, but really up the grade of the potency. Is that correct? Absolutely correct. But also, too, you've got to have that delivery system. Without a delivery system, and what I mean by that, it's like a little vehicle that's going to take it down. So the, the molecule of what we're talking about here is much, much smaller than that of other um, maybe over-the-counter type molecules. And so they won't be able to penetrate down through to the um, dermal layer, which is where we're trying to get to all the time. A lot of those ranges, they, they're ineffectual, really. And so um, what... What we, like I said, what we do is we work with high, um, high concentrations, percentages and um, delivery system. And that's what cuts the difference. One of the things that um, is really gaining traction in um, the skincare world is bioactive ingredients. And I'm wondering if you can explain what a bioactive ingredient is. Well, bioactive ingredients, again, it's um, that's where we're going to work again with the cosmeceuticals and they're therapeutic and they're ingredients that have enhanced effectiveness on specific uh, areas that we're trying to target with our skin. Again, we're going back to it's just been um, the effectiveness and this, these are tested very vigorously also to, and so they can help and they will, will help reduce instances of skin irritations and reactions. You worked, I mean, you have an enormous body of experience and for the past 20 years you worked with dermal therapists as, um, I guess, the um, the laboratory for your learning. And what, what were the dermal therapists saying to you that was missing in the client care equation? And why did you feel that, you know, you had to step in and create something uh, based on what was not available? Well, I guess that um, when I started um, way back, it, there was a lot of um, really lovely um, cosmetic companies that were in working in our salons that they came from France. But what what we really wanted here, they, they wanted real results. We started to see a little bit of a drip feed through coming from America with um, ingredients such as lactic acid, um, glycolic, um, you know, salicylic, all these ones active uh, acids that are going to make a very big difference on the skin. So what we set about to do was try and incorporate those really active ingredients that are going to give the results and and, and marry them up with really like stabilising ingredients as well. And it was, this is what was lacking here in Australia. And we saw the opportunity and the gap there that needed to be filled. But I have to say that a lot of this has come from my therapist. They have fed me the information that we so needed to put together and bring to the table. I think um, 
you you touched on ingredients and you know the heritage ingredients which were the acids the ahas the lactics you know 25 years ago that that was really news that was really news in australia about using those ingredients but nowadays it seems like you know any 15 year old can rattle off um the hot ingredients that should be used in skincare i'm wondering if you could share with me from your expertise and your you know immense amount of experience in formulating products. What do you see as the non-negotiable star ingredients of effective skincare? What are the ones that we really, really need to focus on and, you know, avoid the noise from everything else? Are there are there key things that for you are non-negotiable? Oh, absolutely. Well, Mark, well, given the ingredients that we work with, the most non-negotiable ingredient is uh, our um, protective in, um, product. So you need to work with um, an SPF, either 30 or 50 plus SPF. That is absolutely number one and it's not negotiable whatsoever. Because of the ingredients that we're working with, we need to continuously be able to protect that skin and nurture that skin. And the sun here is very damaging. And we're, when we're using the type of active ingredients we do use, this is absolutely paramount that they use their protection. And so it's number, that is some protection is absolutely number one. And I would follow it very closely then by our serums, our vitamin A, our vitamin B, our vitamin C, that they are also extremely important ingredients to be working with to get the results that you're looking for. Let's go back to basics. Again, if you've stumbled across this podcast and this is your first lesson in putting together the ultimate wardrobe of skincare. What, what is vitamin A and why do we need it? Vitamin A is, um, it, well, we use, vitamin A can be used in lots of different ways. We use it in a serum and a serum, like I said, the molecular structure of the serum is a little bit smaller. So it's going to penetrate deep down into the dermal layer. The vitamin A is going to, well, it can be a, a soft vitamin A, a palmitate, or it can be a retinol. But what vitamin A is capable of doing is combating the aging signs it's also going to help with pigmentation. It's also going to help with, um, you know, um, problem skin, scarring. There's, it's Vitamin A is absolutely vital to apply to your skin every day. But then whilst we're using vitamin A, we must always be using our sun protector at 30 or 50 plus. I, yeah, I noticed that you said that and I agree with you. Once you start dabbling in the world of cosmeceuticals, the ingredients are so effective and the change in your skin is so dramatic that you definitely need the protection layer. Can you explain to us as a formulator and I guess as an educator in this space, uh, the other question that I'm asked all the time is the difference between retinol and vitamin A and, you know, who should be using what and what are the key things we should be looking for when we're adding this key anti-aging ingredient into our skincare routine? Well, this, well, the vitamin A can be a palmitate. A palmitate is going to be a, a little bit softer to use than a retinol. They're both going to get down into the dermal layer. They're both very, very important ingredients. But to start out, I would be always recommending that you start with the palmitate and then you move, um, then you move to your retinol. And you would start, uh, it's a nighttime uh, serum it's not to be used through the day at all because it can make you very sun sensitive that's another thing it is going to help turn over your cells again we go back to the protection for that reason 
But so there are different forms of vitamins, and but they are all going to go to the dermal layer and we all, and it just depends on what we're trying to achieve for your skin, whether it be pigmentation or scarring, we might need to use a retinol straight up. If it's just, you know, getting into the serum scene, then we could use a palmitate as a soft approach and then work our way up. And can you use vitamin A serums around your eye area or is that something that you would absolutely avoid? No, I'd definitely be using vitamin A around my eye area because it also helps with, um, you know, the darkness that some people have around their eye area pigmentation and the lines. You would want to be careful applying it around your eye area. And there are eye creams that also do have vitamin A in them so that if that's a softer approach or, or, or a road that you would like to go down, I would be recommending them perhaps a vitamin A cream with, um, you know, for, for around the eye area. But I take, it serums are perfectly safe also to take up around your eye area. You just be a little bit careful as to application. Um, Pauline, the other key ingredient that you called out, which everyone is speaking about, so I would love some education around this, is vitamin C. Uh, what does it do and what are the differences in the vitamin C's that, you know, we hear so much about? Because um, it seems to be an ingredient that's been around for a long time. But what I understand is that formulations have definitely improved the stability of the, you talked about stabilizing the ingredients before, and that's kind of an art form that cosmeceuticals seem to have harnessed very, very well. Um, can you tell us why you added vitamin C to your range and in what format? Yeah, absolutely. Well, we have uh, vitamin C. It, it, it is an unstable vitamin, unfortunately, and it's always been the case. Um, again, I, I like the vitamin C in a serum form because we can get that, you know, the, like the delivery system, which is going to take it down to where it needs to be. And so vitamin C is something that um, everybody needs to have. Everybody. We, we, we don't, we're not going to make vitamin C that's going to be, uh, we have to apply what I'm trying to say is topically to our skin internally it's going to hit all the other organs it's not going to be able to get out to the skin so we need to apply that every single morning it's also your second defense um, sun protection as well it does have that factor in it it's not to ever be used as a sun protectant on its own we do still need to go to sun protection but it, it does have that ability to also combat the sun rays as well it's so again we're going to help with um, the texture of the skin the toning of the skin uh, especially vitamin C for people that have got a dull skin it's lightening and brightening at the same time it does also target pigmentation so as we we're saying with the A we know A is going to target, um, target pigmentation and then we're going to top it with the C in the morning just to make um, reference to the fact that A can only be used at night and your C is your morning applet, um, is your morning go-to serum. When you talk about um, C, one of the um, things that people often say is that vitamin C can sometimes make them break out. Is there a reason or is there a way that we can avoid vitamin C, um, you know, causing sensitivity or breakouts? Look, I, as I said, no two skin is the same. I don't, we don't have a lot of that going on um, with breakouts with vitamin C, but sometimes people break out just because they've changed their regime. It's not it's not the vitamin C, it's just their skin adjusting to a new ingredient that it hasn't taken on board before. So in as much as um, the breakout, I would then what I would say is that cut it back, cut it back to, you know, twice a week and then slowly build it up again. But it's probably not going to be the, to all the, whole, the whole reason why you would have a breakout. Vitamin C is going to really help that. Also too, depends on what sort of vitamin C we're talking about here as well. You know, some... It, 
in some cases, most vitamin C's are water-based, so it's not really going to uh, add or contribute to breakouts. Um, however, if it's a stronger vitamin C and it's in a more, uh, the consistency is a little bit thicker, then perhaps the water-based one would be more suitable to a skin that is to, um, prone to breakout. And are you able to go straight into using vitamin C every day or do you recommend building it up? And are there different strengths in vitamin Cs that we, we should look for? Like you were mentioning with vitamin A, you know, there's the palmitate. And then as your skin gets used to vitamin A, you could go to a retinal format. Is it the same with vitamin C as an ingredient? Are there different strengths? Are there different um, tolerances for it? Do we need to build up a tolerance for vitamin C? Not really. You can actually go straight into using your vitamins. Well, generally speaking, you can go in straight into using your vitamin C. There are definitely different strengths. And so, you know, the lowest probably uh, you would want to go is a 5% vitamin C, and then we can go right up to um, a 20% vitamin C. But if you're virginal to vitamin C, then I would start with the lower dose. And then it gives you somewhere to work towards as well to increase that vitamin C. But the long-term plan would be to get your vitamin C um, percentages up as, as fast as your skin can tolerate it. And in your Ultraderm range, do you have multiple versions of vitamin C and pro different products with vitamin C in it so you can use it differently? Yeah, absolutely we do. We have um, a vitamin C cream, which is sometimes just a preference for somebody that <laughs> prefer to use a moisturiser. We have um, we have two serums. We have a 10% um, vitamin C, which is a, a water-based, and then we've got our 20% vitamin C, which is a little bit, the consistency is a little bit thicker. So that consistency is very good for um, a mature skin, a, a menopausal skin, a premenopausal skin, whereas our absolute C, which is the 10%, is perfect for starting out. You know, people often say, what age do I start using vitamin C now? You just now, start. The time is now. The time is now. Absolutely now. And, you know, if you're 20, start using it. If you're 50 and you haven't ever used it before, get onto it because it, it will make the difference. It doesn't matter if you've left the run a bit late. It is only going to help your skin. It's your skin insurance. And you mentioned another key single ingredient, which was vitamin B. And, of course, vitamin B is, is kind of having a moment along with hyaluronic acid. But we'll start with vitamin B. What does vitamin B do for the skin and how essential is it in your arsenal of cosmeceutical skin products? Uh, vitamin B, we I always say vitamin B is B for beautiful. It is absolutely the hero product. It's a it's still a little uh there's still a little uncertainty in some people's minds about vitamin B, but believe me, it is absolutely the must of all of them. They, they are all so important. A, B, and C uh you know, very, very important. But your B, it does everything for everybody. It's just a, the best all-rounder. It's going to normalise skin. It's going to help with those breakouts. It's going to help um, with pigmentation. It's also um, going to control oil. Uh, if you've got an overflow of oil in your skin, it's also going to combat dryness in the skin. So we can see it is, B is the hero product. And I have to say too, um, in our line of, um, uh, serums B is probably our num our biggest seller as because people have now started to realize how important vitamin B is. I started when vitamin C first hit the ground and no one even knew about serums then. It was like, whoa, 
what's that? And it's like, you know, we understood how the seeds, how the um, serums were going to work. And as, as we move forward in time, then the bee um, rose in its hand and it is probably the, um, the powerhouse of the vitamins. And do you buy vitamin B in different strengths, similar to the C or the A? Absolutely. They do come in different strengths. It's um, And so anything from, you know, probably 5% up to uh, about 15%. We work at 10%. The other name, it's often referred to as niacinamide. Um, and so... Yeah, niacinamide is, you know, again, yeah. that, that's the other version of it, yes. Yes, and you'll see that... Um, you know, good skin companies have nice in mind in a few of their other ingredients as well. We lock it in with different different serums that we also have that, you know, there's a night shift one that we have with vitamin B in there, works with um, glycolics and that together. So it is a very compatible vitamin to work in conjunction with other ingredients. So you will see it also in moisturisers. Anything that's got vitamin B, just get your hands onto it. And what about hyaluronic acid? So, you know, we've talked about vitamin A helping to refine the skin, helping with fine lines, cellular turnover, vitamin C being protective and regenerative, vitamin B being a perfect all-rounder um, to soothe, to hydrate, to balance. Um, what does hyaluronic acid do? What What's the role of hyaluronic acid as a single ingredient and also within other products? Yeah, hyaluronic acid, it's moisture binding. And so um, when, when we're born, um, we're born with, you know, have the babies all yummy and fat and you want to bite their face and they're all mm -hmm. smudgy and all that yummy stuff. That's hyaluronic acid. You've also, I don't know the name of the, the dog, but you'll see that dog that's got lots and lots and lots of layers of skin. That's all hyaluronic acid. And so as we get older, we start to deplete the hyaluronic acid um, it just naturally, anything from, I think, around about the age of 25, it really starts to deplete quite quickly. So what we need to do is work with ingredients such as hyaluronic acid that is going to be able to lock the moisture back into your skin, attracts the moisture from the air, and then creates that, you know, fullness and that plumpness in our skin, which is what we're all striving to get. So hyaluronic acid is, uh, well, I know in, in our product range alone, it, it's probably through about eight or nine of our products because it is absolutely vital when we're talking um, about the, the condition of our skin, that plumpiness that we all want. So we've talked about four serums um, and you were very clear that vitamin A is something that we use at night. Vitamin C is something we use during the day. Where does the vitamin B and the hyaluronic acid fit into the regime and in what order okay so your vitamin b um you use that you can use that morning and night and so and some of the vitamin b's like our vitamin b um, also has hyaluronic acid in it and so you can find products out there that will have your b so you can put your b on every day and it, it would have the hyaluronic acid and so your regime your regime of, um i think is what you're trying to ask me is that how do how do we apply them and and where do they fit in? Is yeah, so I understand that the vitamin A is at night. So yeah. if, if we were using a vitamin B or a hyaluronic acid, can you combine that with the vitamin A at night or would you just leave that on its own? No, you can definitely combine it with the uh, A at night. However, once you put, put, um, apply a serum to your skin, you do need to apply a moisturiser. So if your vitamin, um, you, can put, you would put your B on first and then you would put your A on at night and then you would put a moisturizer on and in the morning you would put your um 
you'll be on and then you'll see on. And so it's you, your B will be first and then you'll see can go on over the top of that. And the hyaluronic acid, where would that fit into the regime? Oh, well, hyaluronic acid can go morning and night. It, it can be put in anywhere. But that's why I probably would um, like to have combination hyaluronic acid in some of these serums. And so it's it's in one. So your B, like I said, your B can be used morning and night um, and your hyaluronic acid could be involved in that. But if not, you could use your hyaluronic acid every single morning and every single night. You said something that was really interesting, and again, it's something that I'm asked about all the time, is, you know, if I'm using these super potent serums that claim to be doing all this work, why do I need a moisturiser? Yeah, because your serums are going to go down into the dermal layer, as I've spoken earlier about, and so your moisturiser is going to add the moisture to your skin, because that's, we need to continue to moisturise our skin. Also, too, it's going to lock in those serums. So once the serums have driven down, and it's best to leave, if you can, leave five minutes between your layering of serums So and then you apply your moisturiser. But your moisturiser, it's, again, to me, it's like the polish on the car. You've got to put that on. It just It's just what you have to do. And so it's going to be, you need to use your serums to get down into the engine room of your skin, and then we're going to put the moisturiser over the top to lock all of that in and to give you that smoothness and that softness on the surface of the skin. Pauline, uh, to have you on the show is fantastic because of the work that you've done both as a formulator and also working with um, beauticians and dermal therapists. The, the, the let's talk about some skin conditions because I, by the time you go and see a professional about your skin, it's not because you've got gorgeous glowing skin it's usually because a concern has popped up for you and the the concerns that we hear about the the most um particularly uh in aging skin is pigmentation uh loss of elasticity and firmness and also interestingly around the time of perimenopause and menopause is skin sensitivity uh and i was wondering if you could guide us as to what are some of the um products that you could use in addition to treatments that you could have that could address these you know most common skin conditions yeah this is where you need to go to a professional to have um, your skin um, diagnosed as to what what where we're going to go with this and so there's a few conditions that you're talking about in there like if your menopausal skin. So for your menopausal skin, they're usually carrying a lot of heat in their skin. They're hot. They need that their, their skin is quite flushed. And so we need to work with something that's going to be a little bit more calming on the skin and ingredients that are going to be calming on the skin. And then we've got when we're talking about our um, problem skin, our acne type skin, then we need to go move to a different type of ingredient that's going to help that, like the salicylic, your vitamin B, your vitamin A, that's going to control all of that. And then we've got um, the sensitive skin. Again, sensitive, it's just that what you've got to do is just be diagnosed so that we can understand your skin and try to achieve what, what it is that we're trying to, what we've got to work out what we're going to achieve for your skin with you. And then we take then the ingredients that are going to work best with you. And as I said, no two skins are the same. So we do need to really have that um, diagnostic tool to evaluate your skin and then set you on the right path. Uh, you've kind of answered the next question I was going to ask is like, you know, with these super effective ingredients that we can now use at home, do we really need to go and have professional treatments? Um, 
you in your skincare brand Ultraderm, you have a professional line, and I, I understand you're in about two hundred different clinics and salons nationwide. But you also have the at home products. If if I was going to go to a salon to have my consultation and uh, analysis for my skin concerns, what are the suite of professional treatments that you recommend? Uh, we also incorporate outside of our at-home care? Are there things that you think are non-negotiable or truly effective in in getting us on track for the best skin of our lives? Do you mean in as much as like uh, um, what we can offer in salon? Yeah. With, yeah. And so definitely um, this is where home products are absolutely a must. 97% of your time is with your skin. And so we've got to make sure that that home regime is working really well and, and on with the right ingredients. When you go to the clinic, they're going to be able to offer you those professional services um, such as peels. Now, they really need to be done under supervision of a professional because there, are, there is some downtime that can come with peels. There's also, um, we, we just need to continuously monitor that skin whilst having a peel. We can, uh, the salon will address needling. Maybe needling is something that you really need. Needling probably surfaced really maybe 18 or no, 20 years ago. It was before that, but when it sort of came to the um, forefront, it was the rollers. And uh, in actual fact, we were the first, you know, company to bring that along with a serum that we worked with the rollers. And that was, that was really big in its time. And then we moved on to the needling device, which is, a professional treatment only and um, so what we do with needling it's going to help work with the ingredients that we work with because we work with those lactics glycolic salicylics um, enzymes and so we can get a little bit deeper again with that type of modality then we've got the we use also a regenerate another really beautiful way I, well, I heard about this regenerate which is the nanotechnology yeah. um, talk to me about regenerate because I I hadn't heard of this, but when I read about the science behind it, it actually makes perfect sense. Regenerate's fantastic. It actually, um, what it is, is that uh, it, it actually, if those that are familiar with needling, the needling device that we have, this is it looks a little bit the same, but it's different in as much as when you're doing a skin needling, you're using stainless steel needles. With the Regenerate, we're using what we call a chip, and that chip is made of the hardest silicon that can be ever made. And it's nanotechnology means it's minuscule. It's tiny, tiny. We're not going to feel it. We're not going to see it. But what it has the ability to do is make hundreds and thousands of permeations across the surface of the skin. And so allowing that then allows us to use with really um, our serums to really cut down and get down into that dermal layer. It's just when you're applying your serums at home and I talked about the delivery system, it's going to get down there, but this is just going to take it that little bit further the beauty of um, the Regenerate is that there's very little downtime and there's no pain associated with it because it's nano. And nano is the way we're moving forward. Even we're going to start seeing, you know, in the medical profession where they're going to use nanotechnology for um, needles so that people don't have that, you know, people that have that fear of needles or you're just not going to feel it. And that's the beauty of it. So with Regenerate, as I said, we make those hundreds and thousands of permeations. We get the serums down to the deeper layer. and then. There's a really nice side to um, Regenerate. It's a little bit of the zen probably in Regenerate, um, whereby we apply a tissue that's, again, loaded with serums. 
And then we have this, um, the, we call, they're called globes. We keep them in the freezer, you know, frozen. So then we just do some acupuncture techniques over your skin and we just bring down the inflammation and it's very, very calming. It's also very, uh, it's a bit of a, oh, for um, your client on the bed. They're more likely to want to come back, or not more likely, they will come back for a, a regenerate treatment and sort of hesitate a little bit about a needling. They work well together. They're not the same. And so for those that are having the needling, which is the needling technique, um, we can do the Regenerate treatments in between your needling and that's just going to give you the best outcome for your skin. You, We talked um, lightly about um, perimenopausal and menopausal skin uh, and you just touched on inflammation and heat. Um, do we need to look at changing our skincare program based on uh, our changes in hormones? I, I know that, you know, it's very popular at the moment. It's super topical, uh, the conversation around perimenopause and menopausal skin. But does our skin's need actually change aside from getting the hot flashes and, um, you know, uh, laxity? What are the things that we should be really focusing on when we're, you know, going into a, a new phase of our hormonal cycle? Absolutely. This is why um, it's really important that you stay closely with a professional that's treating your skin because our skin changes all the time. And definitely so when we're uh, going into the menopausal years, premenopausal, the skin's going to become, like you said, there's going to be inflammation, there's heat in our skin. But the condition of our skin trends, like dryness, dryness becomes a very, very big problem for menopausal ladies. So we need to be able to keep that skin hydrated um, throughout those years. It also can become a little bit sensitive. So what we were using in our 30s and 40s, it say if it was glycolic or lactic, or lactic's very good for actually for menopausal, but if it was glycolic, you know, that was all the wrap then, that's great, we can do that in our 30s and 40s. But our woman going into um, menopausal phase of their life this, it's very um, hard for them to, well, their skin just doesn't tolerate it the same way. Their skin's a little bit weaker as well. And so what we've got to do is try and build that skin and um, maintain the um, flexibility in that skin because, as I said, it will become dryness dry and so therefore we need to keep it very hydrated. And so most certainly our product, our ingredients that we're using will definitely change through our menopausal years. And what about, you know, the extras of, of at home care? We talked about salon treatments and clinical treatments, but what about the extras? Do you believe that we need to have at home masks, at home uh, exfoliants, um, you know, LED uh, masks? Are, are there things that you think the extra does actually result in extra results? Well, it, yes, yes and no. Um, I think that you know, it's everywhere now, it's that DIY. Uh, you will not do the same job that a professional will do for your skin. Um, however, those home devices, that could be a little bit gimmicky. Um, I'm not, don't get me wrong, I'm not under selling them or um, running them down, not for one moment, because if that's what you've got at home and you're and you're committed to using it, well, that's great. You'll get a result. You will eventually Yeah, get I them. always say compliance is the, is the first that's step, right? If you don't use it, you don't get a result. And if you use it, no, you're not more likely to get a result. Absolutely. That's it in a nutshell. It's like those people that go to the gym, they go um, religiously, they get the result. People that go once a month, mm, not going to happen. And so it's the same with our skin. You've got to be committed to your skin regime. Now, 
there, you don't have to have all of those things. You know, we've got ingredients that work really, really well without those things. But if you've got them, use them. And what I, about I, face masks and exfoliants? Do you do you think that extra step? I mean, you know, again, we we see it on TikTok, we see it everywhere. It's you know, self care, a mask, fifty five different masks, three different exfoliants. Do we need them, and do they make a difference? Yeah. Look, do we need them? Um, do, uh, not really. But if you've got them, they're just add-ons and they're extras. And so, um, like, if, if you're um, time poor and you think, I don't have time to do all of that, I don't have time to do these masks and all of that jazz, stick to your basics. Stick to, to, to what you can do at home and what you know you're going to be able to do and what you're going to be committed to doing. We do see a lot of, you know, women or men, whatever, out there, and they get caught up in the hype of just buying it, buying it, and TikTok contribute to that as do all social media and so I think just work out what's going to be good for your skin work out exactly what time you're going to put into your skin work out what you think is going to work for you but I do believe that um, you know definitely cleans serum protection and if you can get a protection with the moisturizer involved in that protection well then those three basic products are going to get you through However, if we want to go that little bit deeper, and um, then I would definitely be recommending that you get your seasonal B serums. They're an absolute must. Your masks are an add-on. And so if you can, uh, you know, there's all times in our life, I believe, that we go, oh, I just want to just lie on my bed and have a mask on. Buy it and do it, and it's great. Your skin's going to feel fantastic. It's so worth the money. It's so worth that investment. Exfoliant, I believe that we should exfoliate at least once a week. I don't believe in over exfoliating, and this is why we've got to keep, you know, control on the over, you know, the, the skin that we're dealing with because we can overstimulate and then we can create more problems. So exfoliate, and you've got to exfoliate with a really good exfoliant too. You know, you've got to make sure that the they're not the beads in your exfoliant aren't harsh, are harsh, sorry, um, and that they're perfectly we perfectly circular so that they roll on the skin. They don't scratch away your skin. So it is important that you buy a really good exfoliant and get to using it at least once a week. Um, if you've got um, a problem skin, that's going to be great for that uh, as well. But, you know, if you, you might be able to just buy a, a small clay mask uh, and treat yourself to once a week. So it just all comes back to what time and effort you're and, and Cost money as well as to what you will have on your um, bathroom bench as to what you're going to use regularly. But definitely you will get results. You use them, you're going to get the results. Pauline, uh, every time I speak to a dermatologist, they really hammer home this one particular thing. They say people skimp on a good cleanser, but the skin's barrier system is one of the most important areas to protect and maintain and using an incorrect cleanser or a, a toner which used to be you know really popular as part of every skincare regime to use a toner to uh, remove any traces of makeup or debris can really set you up for failure and it doesn't matter what serum what moisturizer what SPF you use after the fact if you've started the prep wrong with the wrong cleanser it's you know it's a highway to hell do you agree that a good cleanser is worth the investment and why absolutely your cleanser is absolutely that's that's absolutely the canvas we're going to clean that canvas i always say 
you know, you can't clean a proper table without taking everything off and doing it properly, can you? You just can't do that. So you have to have a good cleanser. You have to have the cleanser that's suited to what your skin condition is. If we go back to the menopausal lady, we want a soft, gentle cleanser, but you have to have that. It has to be a good cleanser. If you've got a problematic skin, you might need to have a cleanser that's got some salicylic or some glycolic in it. But in order to um, get the other serums and the creams, to in, into the dermal layer, where, what we've been talking a lot about here this morning is um, you've got to make the, the you've got to get the canvas all clean and also to using the right one to protect the acid mantle of your skin. And this is where a lot of problems start. Wrong cleanser, not going to help with the um, in, impaired acid mantle. So we've got to make sure that we're on the, the right cleanser, clean the surface, and then your skin is open and ready for the next lot of um, serums and moisturising that you need. If you don't get that right, your serums and moisturisers aren't going to have the same effect. I'm going to ask you a controversial question, but maybe this is more personal preference, but I have never found a cream cleanser that after your skin feels soft afterwards, but never clean. And it does, it seems counterintuitive uh, to, if you're, someone who just does one cleanse so I'm not talking about a double cleanse if you do one cleanse to use a cream cleanser because you almost invariably have to use a toner to remove that layer of the cream cleanser and whilst your skin feels soft it never feels really really clean so I've always gravitated towards the oil to water cleansers if I wanted something hydrating or a gentle foaming cleanser if you do have dry skin or sensitive skin are there uh, wash-off cleansers that are not going to make your skin feel like it's been stripped back and the acid mantle has been disrupted? Or do you truly recommend that we stick to cream cleansers? No, I I, I, reckon, I think what you need to do is stick to the cleanser that is going to work for you. Again, um, I like a cream cleanser because of um, my age. I like the also the, the balms that are a bit more oily because they're a little bit more nurturing for the skin. Really, in order to get a really clean skin, you do need to double cleanse. And do, honestly, do you agree with not, that? Yeah, totally, 100%. And, you know, I actually, um, I'm a big, big believer um, in cleansing at the base. And I believe that when you, and most people do put in the shower. I, I ask this question a lot when we are doing training sessions, how many people clean, cleanse their skin at the base and thoroughly? And there's a small show of hands because most people do it in the shower because they're time poor. I get that. But, you know, when you're doing it in the shower, you're watering it down. And so I'm a big believer, double cleanse at your base and, and you're going to get a very clean skin. Also, too, we, I, I, with the makeup, because makeup is so so good these days, that, you know, it stays on forever, um, micellar cleanser, micellar, just wipe over your face with the micellar So are cleanser. you okay with the micellar cleanser? Oh, only as uh, to remove the first layer I would definitely then be definitely need to double cleanse I know that sounds like a lot but it's actually not by the time you do it you just go wiped over got the makeup off and then straight into the cleansers and you just need to just work that cleanser nicely right to the ears because a lot of people do their cleansing in this little area of their skin here and they don't they forget that you know the build-ups behind the ears they've just got to do it right over and kind of nearly make it therapeutic. Oh, well, I find it therapeutic because I'm thinking about my day and thinking about, oh, okay, what did I, what can I do better or whatever I'm thinking. But it is a little bit of downtime and it doesn't take long at all. And I, I just love my cleansing. It's, I have a certain time 
when I do do it, I feel like, oh, that's so good. It's like your face is off. It feels wonderful. And it does feel very, very clean. And so double cleansing is a must. And what about and- oils? While I've got you on, on things that everyone always asks me about, you know, are oils the same as serums or are oils a substitute for moisturizers or are oils a category of their own? And where does where do they fit in? Because I love using oils. It's wonderful for massage. It feels beautiful and hydrating. And sometimes I prefer it to a moisturizer at night. But, I'm, you know, what is the difference and where does it come in? Yeah, oils are different. Their weight is obviously a lot heavier than that of a serum. A serum normally absorbs straight into the skin, whereas oils are formulated um, to sit a little bit more so on the skin. Depends on what ingredients that we've got in um, going on in those oils. And so they what they'll also do is that I don't think it's a bad idea. When you've got your serums on and the, your oil will always go on after your serums, though, you must understand that your serums will go in first and then your oils can encase that. So it's then you would, if you were going to use a moisturiser, a really nice oil this night and then just to lock it in again with it. Um, with your moisturizer and that it's going to drive that oil a little bit deeper as well because the oils that we're talking about well a good oil is a very refined oil and so um if we're talking about facial oil unlike massage oil where it doesn't have to be so refined but a facial oil must be very 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 fine and the difference is is that too when you've got a good oil you won't get that crustiness around where the where you open the bottle it's very clear that's good advice yeah that's a good thing to look out for and then when you see other oils that are perhaps not as refined, you will get that buildup of crustiness. And so a good oil, and it depends on um, what's in that oil, but we've got some, you know, beautiful ingredients out there that we can put into oils. And do you know that menopausal skin, back to the menopausal skin again, it's beautiful for those skin types. Also too, funnily enough, um, you know, sometimes a, um, a problem, a acne skin, a problem skin is a dehydrated skin. And so they do need a little bit of oil, even though they shy away completely from oil, but actually the oil is going to help with overcoming their high, their dehydrated skin because when they've got that dehydrated skin, they're going to sometimes overstimulate, which creates more of a problem. So it's all about the balance. It's all about how and why we're going to apply that and what we're trying to achieve. Always the water that swims first, though. Oh, these are such, they're such good responses because, they, you know, they're the things that everyone wants to know and you can't glean from you know a 10 second TikTok or a, a conversation with your friend I'm going to ask you I'm going to go back to um your skin barrier and just ask you to explain what that is in kind of uh, normal speak and and what happens to our skin when the barrier is compromised and how we can repair that skin skin barrier yeah the skin barrier um, well, that's our outer protective layer. And so if that's impaired, then a lot of these ingredients could become quite, um, you know, uh, irritating on the skin. So the very first thing we've always got to do, and this is why I say go to your salon because she's going to fix that impaired skin balance. And so um, we need to, as I said, we've got to build that first. Now, you can't just go straight into a peel. You can't just go straight into needling because your skin is compromised. It's weak. It doesn't have the same good structure that it needs to have to take on these other things. And so, and with it's with that, you can actually fix an impaired barrier very, very quickly using the right ingredients on your skin. So the pH has got to be correct in the ingredient that you're using. And then once it's applied to the skin, we can get that corrected very, very quickly. And then we're, uh, that, and, and 
In fact, that is the first thing we have to do. If you're not going to the salon, then you know you, you are going in a little bit dark as to what your skin's at. But if your skin is impaired, you'll know it'll be scratchy, it'll be itchy, it won't feel nice, it won't be flexible, it won't be plump. It will just have a little bit of a sallow look to it. And then we know that the acid mantle is um, is impaired. And so, so nothing is functioning the way it should be down in that dermal layer. So we've got to correct that before we head into anything else. If, you know, if having a monthly facial is out of the question for budget or time, how often do you think is like a non-negotiable to go and see a dermal therapist or uh, visit a clinician to have your skin assessed, to check your dermal barrier, to make sure that the products that you're using are correct and suitable for where your skin is at at that time? Yeah, that's that's a hard one, isn't it? Because um, ideally, once a month is just, that's the ideal time. Um, if you can incorporate that monthly visit to your therapist as your time, something that you do for yourself, you owe it to yourself, that's what you're going to do. Um, once a month is ideal. But if you're on a budget and you can't get there or you can't afford to go there, it's, look, even if you could get there every eight weeks, uh, as long as you get there, and even if it's four times a year that you can do, but make sure that you're in the forefront of staying on the right track with your ingredients. And so this is why we try to encourage you to go to your therapist to check that you are on track. And so, you know, monthly is perfect. Um, eight weekly, it's good. Uh, even if it's four times a year, you're doing something for yourself. And finally, and I know that this is a difficult question to ask from someone who's created a brand that works synergistically, you know, ingredient by ingredient, product by product. But if we are one of those people who likes, you know, specific items from different brands, is it safe to combine products from different brands or are we doing a scientific experiment on our skin? And yeah. Yeah, I know people do do it. And that, do you know why? We're influenced by social media. Um, TikTok tell us what we have to do um, and we should get this. And so people get very confused and we can cause many explosions on our skin because those the ingredients that you're using from another brand may not be compatible with the ingredient that you're using with your regular brand. And so ideally we'd like you to just stay with one brand, whichever brand that works for you, whatever one you choose to work with. But to the, 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 also the thing here is that we're talking about um, serious cosmeceuticals here. So concentrations will, could vary from brand to brand. Percentages will vary from brand to brand. And what, they, what may not be compatible with the type of ingredients that this company has as opposed to this company. And then it's going to play havoc on your skin. And that's when we see skin getting into trouble. They're like, oh, it's crazy. My skin's gone mad. And then you um, address the situation. You find they're using a bit from here and a bit from there because this person said this and that person said that. And they're confused. They're overdoing it. They're, they've got they've got the ingredient chemistry not happening. It's just going to be all wrong. And as I said, it can cause many explosions under the skin. So my advice is stick to the brand that you like, that works well for you. There's often many other products in that brand that if you want to have a little switch around, which I think is not a bad idea to do anyway, because when our skin has a memory, and if you change your uh, your your skin rate um, routine with that particular um, 
product that you've been using for another product and then go back to the original one your skin goes well yeah i remember you you're great and it will respond even better so i'm not a really big fan of people mixing and matching with other brands i say my advice would be stick to the brand that you know that works for you well, thank you so much for this wonderful conversation. I'm just going to summarize because we've crisscrossed over so many things. But yeah. uh, so the master hero ingredients that we should really be incorporating into our skincare routine are vitamin A, vitamin B, vitamin C, and of course, always, always, always sun protection. The thing uh, that so- I, the thing that I learned, which I'm super excited about, is that you can take most good serums all the way under your eyes carefully, but you can use them under your eyes so you can extend the benefit of skin serums. That it is essential investment in your skin. And if you're spending that kind of money on your skin, it's better to do it with professional advice and to go for an initial consultation and some follow-up sessions with a professional skincare expert and to invest in salon treatments alongside what you're doing at home that is 100 absolutely that's what we've got to do is there any other pearl of wisdom that you want to share with us from your 20 years in formulating and working in skin science yeah i just see um your skin is your 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 skin insurance investing in these ingredients is your skin insurance and i can't stress that more than enough and the very first thing that we see on people is their face and i don't know any i I have never met a person that says i don't want good skin everyone wants good skin so go and get the product get get good skin by um, committing yourself to a specific range and just be committed and use it every single day and night I think as Coco Chanel says, nature gives you the face that you have at 20. It's up to you to merit the face that you have at 50. Yes, yes. We'll take some advice from that. Pauline, thank you so much. And um, I really want to try that. um, Is it the Revitalize? The Regenerate. Regenerate, Regenerate treatment because I, I love skin needling. I think it's a great treatment, but it is uncomfortable. So if there's a... Uh, low pain, um, high impact version of that. I, I'm definitely game to try it. So I'm going to look up a, a clinic to go and have that treatment. Mm-hmm. And I just want to thank you so much for for breaking down um, some of the skin science and the formulation science uh, in skincare. It's always useful. I would truly recommend that you listen to this episode twice because before you go shopping, you, you even if you can't get to a clinic in the next you know, foreseeable future, hopefully this episode with Pauline Valley from Ultraderm has been useful in helping you make better decisions. So I want to thank you so much for being with us today. Lovely. Thank you so much for having me. Ageless by Rescue is brought to you by Rescue Me Academy, Reignite Your Relationship course. Love your relationship but miss the early days? You're not alone. This course will teach you how to identify your issues, stop the fighting, find what you need to be happy, re-spark intimacy and keep the lines of communication open. Join us at rescuemeacademy.com.au to learn more about the program and to download your first free lesson. I hope you enjoyed this episode and if you did, please share and rate this episode. I'd love that. 